0: how to reignite the embers of a distant and lonely relationship into a blazing, emotionally intimate connection. I'm your host, Amber Dawson. I'm a psychologist, author, and speaker. A few of my favorite things are my husband, grapes, and my adorable little dog, Riggs. Now, let's learn how to create a soul crush in love that lasts. Get subscribed in your podcast app so that simply by listening you can rekindle your relationship by pouring a little gas on your relationship ember. This podcast is for informational purposes and should not be misconstrued for specific relationship advice. For advice for your specific relationship, seek a local couples therapist for relationship counseling for couples therapy. Right. Hey, good morning, Alex. How are you? I am so, so,
1: so good. How are you?
0: Good. And we're like basically matching,
1: which is wonderful. Right. No, obviously All right. we planned that.
0: Yeah, clearly. Clearly. Uh-huh. All right. So if you have never met Alex Street, You need to meet Alex Street. I have known Alex Street a little bit through the Instagram, seen him on the virtual world of things, and we had an opportunity to connect recently. But one of the things that drew me to Alex is his energy, his giving heart, his reaching out to me repeatedly when I'm awful at getting back to people. But Alex is persistent and does not give up. So this lets me know why Alex has probably been married for almost 16 years. Why his relationship is probably different than many of the other relationships out there, because I already know as a friend, He's going above and beyond. And you know what one of the best things about being in a relationship is? The number one thing that is a predictor of a long-term relationship, it's friendship, Alex. And you're crushing that, by the way. Um, other okay, you it's, this know is great about.
1: already. I love this.
0: <laughs> yeah, hold on. I got I to gotta talk about you more still and then we'll get into what, what you've done. That's great. But Alex, not only is he a great friend, Um, from what I know about him, a great romantic partner. Alex is someone who has a background in theater. Is that right? Mm -hmm, Yeah, okay. -hmm. So what Alex can do is he like quickly talks to you for a little bit and he pulls the juiciest parts of your story, interesting information, and helps you align it into like 30 seconds of juicy goodness about, you know, why your story is compelling and how you can help people with it. Um, I recently got on a call with him where he talking about my life and then all of a sudden, like what I knew, we were putting together my story and how it related to what I did. So Alex is a master at this, and really just showing people how to be memorable super fast. So welcome to this, Alex. I hope um, that accurately describes you. You feel on board with everything I've just said, but the first thing is I just thank you for being here today.
1: This is fantastic already. <laughs> such good energy. I I receive all of that, and I'm so grateful for those kind words. Uh, Amber, you, you yeah, I feel like you see me. It's good.
0: I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm <laughs> trying. Okay, so yesterday in an IG Live, I shared a little bit about my relationship story, being divorced, being remarried, and what is working that I think, hopefully, my second marriage is being built to last. Mm -hmm. But what is different about today is we've got Alex joining us, and Alex has been in a relationship for 20 years, married almost 16 years. Mm -hmm. And depending on the research, depending on where you live, we know marriage rates today are about 50% within the first five years. So you don't even have to make it to 16 years. And many couples that even make it to that place some of them are happy and some of them are disasters. Yeah. And so we wanna talk about what actually makes a marriage great. Um, this this show that we're going through today, some of this is gonna be based on relationship science and some of it is just based on like what we think. Um, so you know, just remember here, this is for informational pu- purposes only. So Alex, first and foremost, can you take us back 20 years ago? How did you meet this partner of yours?
1: Oh goodness, this is a story. Um, uh... So Karen and I yes. went to. Ultimately, we met in grade seven, uh, seventh grade. You know, we've got the the grad photo. Uh, you can point the, the, to the two of us in our awkward stages, where she was taller than me, and and had the big hair and all that stuff. In like in eighth grade, and then it was really in in uh, probably grade eleven when we sat next to each other in history class. You know, this is it, high school romance and. I remember I slid a note across to her that said, hey, I, I think I kind of have feelings for you. She's like, oh, I think I have feelings for you too. And you're a super stud and, and or something like that. And so then you she- probably called you
0: a super stud. That makes perfect sense to me.
1: There we go. Thanks. Excellent. I'm the one telling the story, right? So I get to say whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. um, and- uh, but the the thing was actually, like, it started really weird because she was like, we, I'm sorry, but we can't date. So she was a Christian and I wasn't. And she was like, we, I can't, I, like, I tried that before. It's weird, but I can't date someone unless you're a Christian. So I was like, fine. No problem there. Like, I've already, it's high school. I'm putting on whatever personality I can to figure out where I belong. Yeah. And so sure, I'll be that. I'll be a Christian, whatever that looks like. And totally fake the thing. Like, totally just like, hey, it's good. And here we go. And then she saw right through it, obviously we started dating, but then she saw right through it and broke up with me. So then here we are and go through another year. And then, um, you know, we got back together and haven't stopped dating since, uh, a year later. So that was since I was 18. Cause I made clear, better decisions, honest decisions. I was real about who I was and showed up. And, uh, I think that she responded to that. And, um, I loved her all along. What can I say? And then uh, we just, we started dating um, again and and we left, you know, left high school and I moved and lived in the big city of Toronto for a year. And then I moved out to Saskatchewan to go to school for a year. We kept talking, we kept things strong and uh, came back and I proposed a year earlier than we thought we would. And uh, she was all in. Wow. So let's go back to
0: that. So what I love, we're talking about friendship. And what I'm hearing is at the very beginning, actually, you two knew each other since grade seven. And it's in grade 11, you're sliding notes thinking, mm-hmm. wow, we mm-hmm. have feelings for each other. But what it sounds like you were doing is cultivating that solid friendship all along. And while you were trying on different you know, hats to figure out who you wanted to be, it sounds like... Um, the more you grew into yourself and the more that you were just you authentically, you you were Mm -hmm. able to continue to build that friendship, but eventually it became more authentic because you just were you. Is that accurate?
1: I I think that's it. I think, I mean, so many of us as teenagers, we're trying to figure out who am I, where do I fit in, where do I, and what's my impact going to be? And so that's, that's so deeply where I met her and where I found her. and, And I'm trying to figure out, I think what she gave me was this, this, place of stability to say, oh, maybe this is where I belong. Maybe this is my truest self. And, and, and as I stepped into that and, and really gave myself to figure out who I was, um, I think she knew a long, a long time before that, that that's really what attracted me to her was this, like, as I look back now, I'm like, she, like when everybody else was worried about all these different things, she seemed to just be really solid, like position. At level head on her shoulders, you know? And so as I'm going through even my own, like, who am I where do I belong? She was somewhere to like kind of ground me. And, and um, so as I show up authentically, then, then of course, that, that is that our friendship built on that authenticity, that it seemed like a lot of other people weren't striving towards or couldn't figure out or weren't figuring out at that stage yet, um, something really clicked with us. And I think that we helped each other to figure that out.
0: And I think that's so special. And I think I saw a meme the other day on Instagram and it was like, you know, the first three months of a relationship, I'm busy trying to show how interested I am. It was a girl's Instagram. So she's busy trying to show how interested she is in sports and, you know, um, politics Mm -hmm. and uh, sports and politics. And then after three months, I I lift the veil and I go, by the way, I'm not interested in sports or politics. (laughs) And then the relationship has to go through this like changing phase where you stop trying to please the other person. You stop trying to be what they want and you become like who you actually are and the relationship kinda of gets hard. And so yeah. it sounds like you tried to do a little bit of that at the beginning and then you lifted that veil and you said, This is me and it actually ended up working out better. Uh,
1: totally. And and I mean there was pursuit, there was ups and downs, there was as soon as I got close to her, she'd reject me and push me away. Like all of that happened in that year between and then uh yeah, you're 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 bang on in this place of just going, Oh, I don't need you it's, I don't actually need you to like me in that way. I mean, I want you to, but I'm just gonna show up and be me. And I think that that was actually something, again, me, me stepping into myself with that confidence um, allowed me allowed us to to again come closer together but also I think like helped me like understand who I was a lot a lot sooner so there's this sense of like yeah we were doing this for each other but we weren't we were doing this for ourselves and just had each other along the way
0: yeah and again we're talking life, about like
1: early high school like how much was I really consciously thinking about this zero but you look back and you're like oh that's those are the, the things that were really shifting and happening there and, and I'm just I'm so grateful that that
0: they did and i'm so i think what's so interesting is what you're describing that happened naturally for you two happens in all sorts of couples at various stages in their relationship you know they start out with differences they're not on the same page Mm -hmm. in fact they might not be in the same chapter they might not be in the same book and they're looking at this going are we even compatible we're so Mm -hmm. different how could we possibly be compatible and i like to tell my clients the measure of success isn't how far different you start but it's can you slowly weave a life of shared dreams and shared visions and shared goals where you grow together. Mm. And if you're so lucky, you get on the same page of the same book. But sometimes maybe it's just the same chapter. Heck, yeah. Sometimes it is just the same book. But it sounds like unconsciously somehow you two began to build this life together, but it was more based on authenticity rather than like trying to change yourselves too much uh, for the other person. And it kind of just naturally flowed. Well, absolutely,
1: because there's those surface things, and I'm telling you, we are we are pages apart. We're probably books apart. Like I'm, I'm big into sports and nerdy things and board games and, and like all the things that she's like, nah, no thanks. Like, and but there's this understanding that we don't need that. Like, okay, we don't so there's need things you had to learn things.
0: acceptance around, like you're not going to be the same, and you found peace with that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How do you think Absolutely. That? How do you do that after all these years? I Because we really like it. How do you accept the things about your partner that are different than you? How do you be with these people? Aren't you just incompatible?
1: <laughs> um, look, we're generally, we're genuinely interested in each other. I mean, th- th- maybe curiosity is what's, what's carried us. Maybe just a general sense of like, how much more can I get to know about you? Wouldn't that be fascinating if, if in 60 years, I'm still saying, no way. You, you believe that? You think that? You like to drink your coffee? I mean, whatever. <laughs> you were always going to be black coffee drinkers. But there's this sense of like, I, that, that's kind of the, that's the spirit that, that we're in this with now is that, I mean, we're what? We're 25 feet apart right now. But at the end of the day, we, we're living different experiences. So how do we talk about those? Instead of just assuming I know what she's going through, I know what she's thinking, I know what she's experiencing. What if I was genuinely curious about how she felt today, what she went through?
0: Alex, are you sure you're not a relationship coach? Because you're blowing (laughs) my mind right now. You wanna know why? We're gonna go through some relationship theory here, okay? Yes, please. So relationships are like a house, okay? You need a foundation, you need a base, you need some solid walls, you need a roof. Now, no roof is going to stay up if you don't have walls, you don't have a base, right? So the base of our house and the walls are the main structure that's going to keep a relationship intact. Mm-hmm. The very first level, the very first foundation of the base of the house um, from the Gottman Method, their research, is what we call building love maps. Building mm-hmm. love maps is continuing to cultivate a deep understanding of your partners inner world, we could call it friendship if you want, but it is that asking questions and remembering the answer. It is staying genuinely curious and interested about your partner, even when you live uh, 25 feet apart or whatever it is, yeah. and not assuming you know, because behaviorally, yes, you might know, and you might ask a question that generally you're right on, but there's so much depth that comes from your partner seeming genuinely interested in you. There's so much depth that comes from your partner when your partner is curious about you, and wants to know your inner experience and truly Mm -hmm. listens and so what you just talked about is the base of the house and people always come to me and they're like amber how do we get emotional intimacy how do we get connection through that is the first step now emotional intimacy and connection is is built on a few more things obviously Mm -hmm. But if you don't have that building love maps, if you don't have that friendship, which is our base of the house, it is incredibly difficult to build connection. And that friendship we're talking about today is actually the biggest predictor of long-term relationship satisfaction. Wow. So just so you know, the other pillars of the house here, I'll give you some quickly. One wall is trust. So you got to have trust. The other wall is commitment. And then the other base layers of the house that do build up emotional intimacy is we have our building love maps. The next one is shared fondness and admiration. So feeling like you like each other, feeling mm-hmm. appreciated by each other and that and the next one is called turning towards instead of away so noticing and responding positively to your partner's bits for connection so it's just a whole lot of theory that just came out of my mouth we're going to go back to alex um (laughs) so okay after like 20 years if you're going to talk to your wife today how do you do that how do you remain interested
1: oh you know what i mean i don't want to there's There's this and maybe some people feel this who who do have strong relationships. We actually play the game where we're like maybe like should i should I lower this down a little bit because like but I truly think that we do have it's just so easy it's so easy for us to talk to each other now it's not it's not easy to go through it's not none of this is easy, but we keep saying to each other like we haven't had and no point has has our relationship been in jeopardy at, at no point has it been this is the thing the two of us has been the thing that is difficult in our life together there have been difficulties there have been deaths there have been terrible money situations there have been all the things that cause fights and, and arguments and all the things that could sh- really wreck the found or shake the foundation and for us, there has always been this noble week we are like, it's, it's us together. So Mm. to, so how do we do this? How do we talk to each other after 20 years? There's a lot of, I love you's. There's a lot of, I like you's. There's a lot of, you're a neat person. There, there really is. There's a lot of like, this is just so cool. Like, I just, I'm so proud of you. She's running her own business. She's got a quilting business she's doing. I'm, I'm launching my coaching business. Like there's a lot of just, I'm proud of you. I'm celebrating who you are as a mother, as as a business owner, as a generally nice person. Um, I like you. And so let's we start there and then see what comes out of it. Like it really is it's that. It's just what have you got today um to show me that I can that I can see about you. She's my very best friend. So why would I not ask questions?
0: Great point. Why would you not? And I think Alex, what you have just done, so if we go to our house, yeah. The base is friendship, the second row is shared fondness and admiration yeah and so what you just told me about is that expression of i love you i like you you're neat (laughs) like (laughs) saying these things verbally yeah and demonstrating it is incredibly important when we feel like we're liked when we feel like our partner genuinely is on our team because they're expressing it often when, they're, when we are confronted with something or they hurt our feelings, because that's bound to happen eventually, it's so much easier to recover if we're like, well, this person actually likes me. And there's, like, mm-hmm. solid proof of that. And, you know, I was working with clients this week, and they're saying, you know, for 20 years, I've been thinking in my mind, that I love this person, and I realized I haven't been saying it out loud. And so, you know, it's so important to say it out loud, because even though you think your partner should know, and maybe they yeah. do, yeah. like, no. hmm I mean, we're people, we have such a core need of love and belonging and to hear it verbally is just continued reassurance that, okay, I still fit here. I still belong here.
1: Like I'm a speaker coach, right? So I, I fully understand and embrace the value of voice, of, of saying the thoughts. If I got up on stage and just said there and, and thought, okay, you probably all know what I'm thinking right now. Yeah. What... Are you kidding me? No, we don't know. Or even if I put up a really catchy title, even though I was coming on here today with you, Amber, and you were like, and, and people saw, oh, we're going to talk to this guy. Wow, he's in a 20 year relationship. I probably know what he's going to say. He's going to talk about the ups and downs. He's going to talk about how much he talks with her and oh, they've got this great relationship, whatever. But until I actually say it, people don't know my experience. They don't know what I'm thinking. And so this, I, I think what's interesting with us, we, we throw out the words, I love you so much in our house. Like when we hear that in videos or movies and people are like, I should have told her every day. We're like, are you, <laughs> is that, is that not a thing? We throw it around a ton in our house with our three kids, but we're really careful about who else we tell. Like we don't, we don't throw it around a lot out there to other people in our, in us. There it is, it is consistent language when we leave a room for goodness sake, not just leave the house. Like it is, so ingrained into our family language that it's easy and there's just absolutely no doubt if something were to happen to us at any given moment there's no doubt in any of our minds um, how much we admire each other.
0: Yeah I think that's so special and I think people struggle with that and I was having a conversation with other clients this week like For you guys, it is what we call a ritual of connection. When you're Mm. leaving a door, you don't even realize you're doing it, but it is the way you're connecting and it's become such a part of the culture of your relationship, you don't even have to think of it as a ritual. But like with any new ritual, we begin and we build and if someone's listening to this and they're like, okay, we don't do that, but we like it, where do we start? Like, this might sound silly, but I have to get people to set alarms for this, yeah. um, to create it like every morning on your way out the door, or when you go, if you're staying at home, like we are in our yeah. third state of yeah. emergency. <laughs> yeah. um, when you go and you start your work for the day, maybe it's even just across the room. You're saying, I love you, and like like you're departing. And there's just yeah. those little ways that you're cultivating connection and staying together after all these years. So, Alex, you talked about having some problems over the course of time and you've approached them as a team and Mm -hmm. i feel like people are probably listening to you right now being like that guy don't have problems he doesn't have any problems they've never gone through anything but uh you know there's ups and downs you've gone through deaths you have children Mm-hmm. um children are one of the greatest sources of conflict not the children themselves but how they parent yeah. um you know finances business there's so many things that even in a great relationship you have to go through so is there a challenge is there a problem that you two have worked through together and you feel like you've actually come out stronger
1: yeah i'll um, i'll give you two a smaller one as it were and 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 bigger one um that that I remember we were sitting on the couch just talking one night and I was, I was explaining something about a conversation that I had with a client that day. And as I was trying to explain it, you know, I talk, I talked my thoughts. And as I was trying to explain it, she gave me this sort of like, it wasn't a scowl, but it was just, it was a confused kind of face. And I had to stop where I was and I had to say, just, just so you know, when you, it's like when you do that face, I understand that this is what you're feeling, but when you do that face, it makes me feel stupid. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel like I'm, and so it makes me actually wanna shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if you are confused, even if you have to cover your face or something, just so I can finish my thought, because I'm working through my thought to get to the clear point. But if you're doing that along the way, it makes me feel dumb. So there's just been this, me expressing that she knows how I feel, um, me trying to be gentle about that was like, can you not do that face like me trying to to again because i don't want to hurt her and she doesn't want to hurt me so just but opening that up has allowed us to even have better conversations for me to to be more free in how i speak so i think that's one that's a communicative kind of issue that that just opening that up and then the bigger one was for sure it was when my mom died it was the first big death it was the first death I'd experienced in my family, and and really kind of significant one in our family together. And I think I, she was obviously grieving my wife, um, but I was grieving more. You know, is that a thing? And and it, it it was hitting me incredibly difficult. But she was kind of there, and also gave me space, and was also there. And so did again it's this opportunity where like could that have actually distanced us maybe because i'm like i need to go away and she could she could resent that or whatever or say get over it any of that sort of stuff but instead it's this trying to understand like are you okay what do you need from me um became this has become it's still eight years later nine years later it's still that. It's still. I need to go. It's the anniversary of her death. I need to go drive for the day. All right, good. Let me know if you need anything. Okay. And now, me. Like, do you need anything? Do you need? To, how do you need to grieve? Is that still happening? So, I look back. Like, I look at our journey, and there's these moments of. It's almost like moments of. Is this where people get tripped up? And and it's an awareness between us to recognize that this is probably where people where we could. Mm-hmm. get tricked up and and start to think oh i'm, I'm hurt by that and i'm, I'm so angry and I, I don't know how to tell you there's never been an i don't know how to tell you mm-hmm. and i think it's because of that friendship because of that trust because of that genuine likeness to each other and and i think as i'm talking about this more than anything a gratefulness amber mm-hmm. I can say that, that, that we that have that each else. other to go through all of this with so why would i want to piss you off
0: and I think that is so important. And what you've talked about with cultivating that friendship, cultivating, saying all the I love yous. What we know yeah. is when you have that shared fondness and admiration, when you have that shared friendship, that's exactly what happens. Mm. You get this frame, like, I respect this person. I adore this person. Why would I want to hurt them? Yeah. And the more you cultivate those two levels, that's where you have that intimacy and connection, and it buffers against conflict. I mean, even all great couples have conflict from time to time. Mm-hmm. But it buffers against it because you realize, like you described in, like when your feelings are hurt, you said, you know, I don't want to be harsh, so I'm gentle and I express myself. So the more you feel like that person loves me, they like me, you're like, I don't want to hurt my best friend.
1: Uh I'm
0: hurt by my best friend right now, but I don't want to hurt them back. So Mm -hmm. how can I communicate in a kind way, my needs, my wishes, so we can stay best friends. Mm -hmm. And
1: I get like, a lot of that is story. A lot of that is how I was brought up. A lot of that is how we're brought up, all this sort of stuff. A lot of that, like I look at you know we're big into the enneagram i'm an enneagram seven so my main like focus is joy she's an enneagram nine her main focus is peace like joy and peace there isn't room for argument because if she yells at me i'm like you're not having fun if i yell at her she's like this isn't peaceful so we just it just doesn't we don't elevate to that way in that level in that in that style which i know has a lot of it um a lot of who we are and what we bring to this But then there are really practical things that I think that that's what you're identifying is like. Well, this is transferable to anybody, whatever, you know. Yeah, and I think
0: like relationship research comes from studying the masters and the disasters. So the disasters provide us really clear paths on what not to do, and the masters who just for whatever reason they're so lucky. Maybe it's their you know childhood experiences. They found a great match for them. Whatever it is, Mm -hmm. they do predictable things, and that's where well, when you actually study the research. Um, where the theories come from, which is different than me as an influencer or a psychologist just today being like, I met with 10 people and based on my case study, here's where it comes from. But what you're describing is based on thousands and thousands and thousands of masters, what they're doing. It's now been put into theory. So it's not surprising to me that when we're chatting. You're doing what the masters are doing. And now these things are broken down into practical strategies that couples who are like, Ooh, we're sliding onto the disaster side, or gosh, we're on yeah. a rocky road, or uh-oh, we have to go through an uphill battle right now. How can we hit that relationship research? How can we hit the practical strategies so that we come out stronger on the other side? Just like when you go through the wash, like... You know, sometimes you throw some clothes in the washing machine, they get banged around, they get twisted, but they come out brighter and stronger. And that's what can happen at any critical moment in a relationship, whether it's the passing of a loved one or just a mm-hmm. moment on the couch. Those are these critical moments where you might feel banged around a little a little bit twisted, but mm. you can have the opportunity if you use some practical tools to work through it as a couple to come out brighter and stronger. And I think that's what you're describing with your wife. There's these little moments, there's a little twist, a little turn, but you come out more solid. Um, wow. And I think, like, yes, everything you're saying is, while it's come easy to you and people might be like, eh, it's easy for him, we don't like him, whatever. Um, who knows? Maybe they're feeling a little jealous right now. But what you're saying can be practically applied to relationships that aren't where you are. And they, yeah. too, could cultivate a happier relationship.
1: And this is, this is fascinating stuff, Amber. I mean, and, and this is... You know, even to think we, uh, we, we say this, we talk about it often. We're like, it does, it does kind of come easy to us. I'd say up to a point, right? Like, let's say maybe that's 40% of our marriage. It just comes naturally. It just comes easily because of our relation, because of how we're compatible, because we've been friends for 20 plus years. There's, there's something that's grown there, but the rest of it, like that is conscious that that is in intentional, work that we're putting in we're trying to grow from and we're trying to truly trying to understand ask again those asking questions that stuff comes from like yeah let's actually be together today yesterday morning I was like I'm in a funk she's like let's go for a walk I'm like I don't know if I want to go for a walk yeah I think we need to walk okay so we went for a walk in the morning and it totally transformed our day like that's yeah. it's it's small but it's intentional yeah and that is built up a lot, and and I think we'll continue to.
0: Mm. Well, the third rung of that emotional intimacy piece of the house, we have our love maps, our shared fondness admiration, and the turning towards piece, noticing and responding positively to bids for connection. Mm-hmm. She says, "Let's go for a walk," and you're like, eh. "Don't yep. really want to." But what did you do? You accepted her influence. You turned towards. Wow. And there you guys are building up your connection. Hm. and it's love language
1: stuff like right it's like she like we're super clear i'm physical touch she's quality time we're not going to get each other going like the other way so if it's it's necessary i have to keep checking in is this good quality time for you we're sitting watching a movie every night or whatever i'm like is this good is this good quality time she's like no best quality time What's that?
0: You you check. You don't assume. okay. 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 Fill me out because we're almost out of time. But okay. So you are a touch, and she's a time. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just push your touch on her? Why don't you just be like, well, touch is the way we should love. Why do you even care about her quality time if you don't do it that way?
1: Um, because there have been conversations. <laughs> because um. You know, early on in marriage, for sure, I, I sure push push my touch on her. Like, oh, this is how I love and I touch her, and 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 let's try to get intimate. Let's do whatever I can. And but then when it's not responded, now I feel, now I feel separate. Now I feel like she's not, she doesn't love me. Like, what's going on? You don't want to kiss me. You don't want what you don't want this. And then as soon as that was actually all talked about, and probably took like seven or eight years really for us to get to this point where it's like, oh yeah, all right, it's cool. I'm not feeling it right now. That's no no worries. Like, I mean, maybe not no worries, but it's <laughs> I understand. It's not yeah. me. It's it's actually just the separation here and or it's the the difference here. And and on the other end, again, it's this, yeah, we watch TV every night. What do you mean? There's quality time. And she said very explicitly many times, which is great, the best quality time for her is sitting across the table at a restaurant without any TVs in the restaurant. That kind of a place where we can actually talk and be with each other, and so,
0: um,
1: yeah, yeah, there's conversations. Yeah, we have to talk about it instead of just assuming, because otherwise, we both feel like, what are they not doing? Or why aren't they doing this the way that I want them to? Why aren't they responding? And we can create our own stories in our minds, but when we start to open that up and share, now we're all now we're writing a shared story. Mm-hmm. Now we're understanding. That we're in this together and that, um, yeah, that's the difference. And it's, it's still changing and evolving. So,
0: yeah. I love what you just said, the creating that shared story. And that's, I think, the goal of what we're all trying to do. We're trying to blend the differences from the person we love the most. Mm-hmm. To figure out how do we create a joint vision, a joint system of symbols, a shared love. And yeah. we all love just a little differently. And one of the hardest things is to figure out if your partner has a different love language than you. How do you accept that, respect that, demonstrate it in a way where you can feel close and connected even though at times your needs aren't met or even at times you're like, I wouldn't naturally do this. Yeah. And I love that you said it took eight years, but you've slowly over time gotten there and now it's continually checking in and having a little conversations about it so that both of your needs are met so that you can create that shared love because while you two sound very fortunate that most of that has been easy, what you're demonstrating is it also took work.
1: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, um, you know again come back to the story the best stories are the ones where people are actually like facing a bit of that unknown and, and getting through it mm-hmm. anyways and, and not necessarily getting to the point of perfection but getting just growing yeah. and that growth I think is what we're celebrating along the way and that growth is what we're experiencing that growth is, is seeing that we do have a better marriage now than we ever have um, and we celebrate that I mean, that's a whole other piece. We celebrate often. We we date weekly, mm-hmm. um, which is a new thing over the last year, but that's there. Uh, oh, that's and we choose respect. any opportunity to celebrate because, I don't know, do I have tomorrow? I don't know. So... So that might be a whole other level, but there's this element that, that we're choosing to go through life and write the kind of story that we want together, yes. and that story does include challenges and growth, and that's actually going to be the best kind of story that we could possibly write together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Any story goes through challenges and growth, and mm-hmm. I mean, heck, if there, wasn't, if there ever wasn't a, an obstacle you had to overcome, the story would be really boring. Be like, okay, yep. what's the point of reading this book? Sometimes they're hard to go through, but uh, they certainly the goal of conflict sometimes is is to create that shared meaning and that shared story and yeah. bonds you together if you can come
1: out the other side. And also, this is I deal with this a lot with my with my work is is people think that just because you haven't had those big conflict moments in your life, you think you have a boring story. And that's that again. That's where we look at this. We're like, yeah, we haven't had those big leave the house fights or anything like that. Like there hasn't been those big moments. But holy crap, what a beautiful story to tell. Why would I hold this back? Why would I be ashamed of this or feel like, you know, like this isn't exciting? Yeah, this is actually a a beautiful love story that we're writing. And I'm so fortunate to be a part of it.
0: It is a beautiful love story. You're right. So one of the things that Alex here has talked about all the way through is the questions that they're asking, the friendship, mm-hmm. the emotional connection. If, if you're like, I don't know what to ask for a question. I'm struggling. I have a free guide for you. It is the emotional intimacy cheat sheet. We have 36 questions that you can sit down and ask your partner. I've sample topics for you. So if you want that. Um, you can go to the free guides section at www.emberrelationshippsychology.com or if you're watching this from instagram just go to the link in the bio and click on the emotional intimacy cheat sheet because Alex didn't know this, but he has talked about it all the way through, which is asking questions. And I have some questions for you because I know how hard that can really be. Now, Alex, if everybody loved you, which is so easy um, because you're so vulnerable, so honest, but we can see that joy coming through mm-hmm. you at every second, every time you <laughs> open your mouth, even with your mouth closed, your eyes are radiating joy in us. <laughs> so if people are just feeling captivated with you, like I was from the very first message I didn't respond to that you sent me, um, how can they find you? How can they follow you? How can they get involved in your life?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. Um, I mean, my website is alexstreet.ca and uh, it's in transition right now, but you can find whatever, you know, details about me there. And I live on Instagram. So shoot me messages here. Tell me something that you like or enjoyed or or caught on this. Um, Something that jumped out. I'm here for the conversation. I'm here for the friendships. Uh, I'm here for all of it. And I'm, wildly fascinated by people's stories um and so don't hold back come and find me and connect with me i'd love to meet you
0: and alex if people are listening to this on the podcast can you just say your instagram handle for them
1: yeah that's right it is at street says
0: all right so now you know where to find him alex i can't thank you enough from the bottom of my heart for being here today to sharing your relationship story your vulnerability um just your energy always um you have been a light. I told this to Alex at the, you know, after I'd known him for a few months, just him sending me messages that I didn't respond to necessarily in any sort of timely fashion uh, was was something that really uh, gave me a lot of light, a lot of momentum. Um, I knew that there was someone out there who was sharing a similar business growth story that I was. And I think it's just such a powerful message if you don't always know who in the world you're reaching out to, who you're helping. But Alex, you've just always been a light. You are such a beautiful voice. Thank you for showing up today and every day the way you do. I just appreciate you so much. Thank you for serving all of the people that are listening to me. I just couldn't be more grateful to know you. Wow.
1: Wow. Um, it is a pleasure. And I'm so grateful <laughs> to be here, Amber. Thank you for having me.
0: You're so welcome. All right, Alex, we'll talk to you soon. Have a good day, all right?
1: Okay, thanks, Bye. Okay.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Relationship Psych, the podcast put on by Ember Relationship Psychology. If you're looking for more free relationship help or advice that comes straight from the couples therapy room, check out the free resources and the blog at www.emberrelationshippsychology.com.